It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. It is time for the closing segment, the home stretch, as we call it here on Silver and Black. Today, you're with Mo Moten, national NFL writer at Bleacher Report, also Raiders columnist at sportsnot.com. Follow him on Twitter at Mo Moten, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. I am at LV Gully. My name is Scott Cobranz, and we appreciate you guys being back with us here on the podcast or if you're listening to us on the air on 98.5 The Bet and 1140 The Bet, in Las Vegas. We appreciate you tuning in wherever you are listening uh, to the show. We move on now and we switch over to our Raider Nation mailbag, something Mo and I really enjoy. The questions, as long as you're not taking peyote or doing something crazy, they usually come in pretty good, right? I mean, uh, we have we have great listeners and the questions are pretty good. Um, we haven't had any insults in the last couple of weeks. I'm a little disappointed. The emotion of the season has, has clearly it's passed. Wild. Yeah, wait, wait till free agency rolls around and we give our opinions on the Raiders signings. That's true. That's true. All we got to do is tweet something about that guy who used to be quarterback. And then suddenly, boom. No, just kidding. All right, let's get into these questions, Mo. Here's one. Uh, this is a first-time question for a listener of ours on Twitter. Of course, we get a bunch of stuff in email. You can email us at mail at silverandblacktoday.com or hit us up on Twitter. Either hit Mo, hit me. Uh, or the the show's Twitter handle SNB today. The DMs are open, so you can you can slide it right in there. Uh, this one comes from uh, Rico underscore Bravo on Twitter. Rico Bravo. Like he says, "I have a yeah, I do too." He says, "I have a question for you and Mo. Do you think new De- Denver's new offensive coordinator is a good fit for Derek Carr? Do you think he could beat Russell Wilson to start in Denver?" Because it would be irony if Derek Carr wins a Super Bowl with Sean Payton in Vegas next year. Food for thought. Thanks in advance to both you and Mo. That is Rico Bravo. Interesting. Denver. Russell Wilson. I I don't think anybody's coming in to compete with Russell Wilson. No, Russell Wilson's going to be the guy. They're stuck with Russell Wilson for at least another year. If you look at the way Wilson's contract is constructed, I think I said this before they hired Sean Payton. Whoever became the Denver Broncos head coach had to come in with a Russell Wilson plan, a fixed Russell Wilson plan. And Sean Payne's already said that how he's going to try to quote unquote fix Russell Wilson. He's going to do a lot of the things that Russell did well in Seattle mm-hmm. with a deep ball. And also just take a few things of, of what he did with Drew Brees, I'm sure, because the comparison is, like Drew Brees, Russell Wilson is a smaller, undersized quarterback. You know, so I think that that bodes well for for Wilson being able to bounce back. And I actually think Wilson's going to have a decent season. I'm not saying he's going to be an MVP type of player, but I think he'll be a lot better than he was last year. So the people laughing at Russell Wilson and saying Sean Payton is overrated, I would push back a lot on that because the guy has actually proven that he can win in this league. And with a talent like Russell Wilson, I know he had a terrible 2022 season, but a guy just doesn't go from being a, a pretty good quarterback to just a complete bum right. and over, you know, over a course of a year. I, I think that was more on Nathaniel Hackett 
I think it's more an indictment on Nathaniel Hackett than it is Russell Wilson. Yeah, and we've heard uh, our good friend Benjamin Albright up there on KOA has talked about it too, about how that just it was it was dysfunctional up there, right? Nobody, there was no clear direction, leadership. That's why Nathaniel Hackett. That's why he lost his job so quickly. So um, you understand that, and I agree with you. I think he'll bounce back as well. And Sean Payton's one of the best to coach in recent years, and Raider fans know this because they scream all about it. They have a good defense. So if you start with a good defense like that and you add in some pieces uh, and a new scheme on offense. Although Rico's question, and again, thank you, Rico Bravo, on Rico underscore Bravo on Twitter if you want to follow him. Um, but his question, I have another angle here with his question, Mo, which is Derek Carr. What Derek Carr's played in a bunch of different systems. We've heard all the stories about all the co- offensive coordinators and coaches he's had. When you look at the type of system that he should go to, which is sort of getting to Rico's question here, what kind of system is Derek Carr going to operate best in? One where he's not expected to throw the ball 40 plus times. It has to be a system where I want to say, I want to say it's run heavy, yeah, but where you use the run Balanced. to set up the pass. And More I think, b- right. I think a system like Sean McVay's system, mm. it, it would be great for Derek Carr because again, the, the crux of, of Sean McVay's offensive system is getting the run going to set up your passing game. And I think that's what works best with Derek Carr. Cause we've actually seen it in 2016 when the Raiders had their magical run season that ended in kind of disappointment because Derek Carr got hurt. Remember what they had. They had a three man backfield with Latavius Murray leading the way. And I believe they were top six or seven in rushing that year. And a lot of people say that was one of Derek Carr's, that was arguably Derek Carr's best year as a Raider. What did they have? They didn't have an elite defense. They had a defense that forced turnovers, but it wasn't a defense that was shutting teams down and holding no. teams to 10, 10 points. Yeah. They had a they had a they had a defense that turn again forced turnovers, but they had an offense and a top ground attack to complement with Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. And to I guess to Rich Gannon's point, if he's talking about, you know, Derek Carr is not going to put a team on his shoulders that way, I would agree because we have we've seen Derek Carr put the offense on his shoulders for spurts, spurts. for an entire season. Yeah, I think it's best when he has a good complimentary run game. Right. Yeah. No. Great answer. All right, Rico. Thank you so much for your question. We appreciate you watching uh, and listening to the podcast wherever you may be. All right. On to our next question. This comes from Kurt Miller on Twitter as well. It's Kurt Miller ninety six. Kurt asks. What are your thoughts about inquiring about Jeff Okuda? I don't know if the Lions would deal him, but curious if you guys thought bulking up in the secondary with a potential like his, and he's clearly obviously on his rookie contract. Uh, that is from Kurt Miller 96 on Twitter. Well, I don't think the Lions are uh, hurrying up to trade Jeff Okuda, do you? What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I don't think so either simply because he actually is coming off his, his best year and he was a disappointment. Remember he was a third overall pick in I believe 2020. Yes. And he was a a complete disappointment. (laughs) His first two years in Detroit played pretty well when he was healthy. I don't think they let him go now. I think they try to make it work with him simply because of what they invested in Akuda. If the Raiders are looking for a cornerback, I think, 
first of all, they should draft a guy. But if they can get Jamel Dean, who's going to be a free agent, play for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I think that would be a great pickup for them. I still believe they should re-sign Rocky Sin because while healthy, he played well. You won't have to pay him a lot because it's not like his season ended with a bang. But I will be on board with them going after a top cornerback and then draft the one in um in the in the draft in April. But a lot of people brought the name Marcus Peters. And I will caution people, Marcus Peters, I know he had a torn ACL or Achilles in 2021, coming off a you know, not want to say a bad season, but not up to par with his previous standards. And he's he's getting up there in age. I believe he's around 30. So I would I would kind of pause on Marcus Peters. I would rather a younger quarterback who's on the ascend than a than an older quarterback who could be on the decline. Yeah, absolutely. Uh good question. Uh Kurt Miller 96, we appreciate you writing in. Okay, well, we go from one defensive back question to another Mo. You ready for this one? Uh it says so. it says, guys, Jalen Ramsey, do the Raiders go hard after him? This is from Dennis in Bakersfield, California. Uh, Dennis, thank you for the note. Mo, this is an interesting one because it it Jalen Ramsey will be cut. He's going to be a, a salary cap victim, right? Uh, and and the the Raiders in multiple reports, including on your employer's website on Bleacher Report, have talked about the top spot landing spot for Jalen Ramsey being hmm, the Raiders. What do you think of that? And should the Raiders take him on? Or is he someone, even despite the talent, with the cost and what would happen there uh, in in, in uh, taking him on off waivers if they can get him, is that worth it? I think it is, depending on what the cost is. Now, we're all assuming that he's going to be cut. Mm-hmm. If he is, you definitely go after him and see what he wants on the, you know as a free agent. But if you have to trade for Jalen Ramsey and he costs you a two or three, I would still get him. <laughs> yeah. But um, simply because, I mean, I've heard this question a lot like should the Raiders go after Jalen Ramsey if he's indeed available and I say yes because they how long has it been since the Raiders have had consistent top-notch cornerback play oh yeah you know so bringing in especially if you're going for it you know let's say you you bring in an Aaron Rodgers I know will be costly but if you can get a Jalen Ramsey and fit him under the cap along with an Aaron Rodgers that would be a great situation now if you go if you're rolling with Stidham in a rookie I would still try to better your roster and go out to Jalen Ramsey. I just don't think Jalen Ramsey would want to be in that situation at this point in his career playing for a Super Bowl contender. Remember, he he got his way out of Jacksonville because Jacksonville stunk. I don't think he's going to want to play for a stinky Raiders team at this <laughs> stage in his career. So if he's if if you're going out to Jalen Ramsey, you better be planning on winning some football games in 2023. Yeah, and and, and I, I'm with you because I, I rather have Jalen Ramsey than Rocky Sin. Sorry, I mean, it, it, oh, yeah, he's he's a free agent, and and I mean, he's a Pro Bowl. He's a he's, a, he's a all pro. So it's like I would rather do that. And the Raiders, as I said it with the quarterback situation, the Raiders got to be bold. And I don't think Jalen Ramsey, for the cost, is a bad move. I don't think it's a guy who's like on the downside of his career, and it's a bad signing. The Raiders have done that plenty of times on defense. Corey Littleton, some of these other guys who just haven't panned out. But I don't think Jalen Ramsey's that guy. I think Jalen Ramsey's the guy you throw out there. And to your point, you draft a young guy as well and build up that secondary and hope that Nate Hobbs finds his way back as well. And, and to me, that that is what I would do. I mean, be bold, supplement those draft picks. You got to nail those. 
but go ahead and get some of these guys. I mean, you need some guys in the front too, so it's going to be a balancing act. But but I think Dennis is honest. I'm, I would go hard after him if I'm the Raiders. If Jalen's not cut, he's traded. The Raiders would have to restructure his deal because I believe his cap Correct. hit is above twenty five million. So they would have to they would have to restructure that. But you brought up something, and I I just I don't want to go off on a tangent here, but. The Raiders have to figure out what they're going to be in 2023. Oh. Are they going to be a team that's going to go all in to win? Are you going to go after Aaron Rodgers and guys like Jalen Ramsey? Or are you going to be a team that says, we'll take a step back in 2023. We're not going to say that, but we'll, we'll say that with our actions by bringing in Jimmy Garoppolo or starting Jared Stidham or, and or a rookie. Because if you are that, the worst thing that can happen to the Raiders, and I was thinking about this on my way home from, from Midtown, the worst thing that can happen to the Raiders is if they – go after Aaron Rodgers and some big names, and they still wind up eight and nine because then that takes them out of the Khalid Williams, Drake May sweepstakes. So now you have, you went for it, you whiffed, you're still mediocre, and you have no shot at getting a top quarterback in the 2024 draft. So the Raiders have to figure out, are we going all in for an 11 and 16 and 7 season? Mm-hmm. Or are we going to intentionally, not intentionally, but are we going to just, Use 2023 to develop guys develop, right? and then re- really reload in 2024. Yeah, and it seems to me, too, by the way, the fan base is 50-50 down the middle on, the, on that question. Either they want to tank mm-hmm. and they want to try to get Caleb Williams, which I think is a huge gamble because you don't know that you're going to finish in position to get him. There's no – no doesn't matter how you, – you, surprisingly, you can win a game here or there and suddenly you think you're a three-win team and you're a six-win team. You just never know. So, so there's no guarantee that if you have a bad year, you're going to be able to pick them. Secondarily, the other half of the thing wants to win now. They want Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> where, where I'm in the middle of, look, you need to do a little bit of both. You need to, you need to get some veterans on that team to improve it so that you can be more competitive. But you got to, again, you got to load up on the young talent and develop it. You look at the Chiefs and what they've been able to do. That's what they've done. Yes, they've gotten key free agents. They brought them in. But they develop their talent in-house and it carry them to their second Super Bowl uh, in, in five years, right? So to me, that that's the way to do it. Whether or not they do it, Mo, they're not listening to you and me. Uh, we'll find out soon, though, I would imagine. What's that saying, Scott? You're not a little bit pregnant. You're either pregnant <laughs> or you're not. The Raiders have to decide, are they going to be contenders or not? Because if you're yes. not going to be a contender, then you yeah. have no business giving up draft capital for yeah. Aaron Rodgers, right? Don't give up, don't give up the booty. <laughs> you know Gosh, booty it's like it's rolls. money it's money this, this, this is going, like this pirate is going booty. off the rails yeah sure you, you could take it me. another way it might have had a different <laughs> meaning <laughs> i took i definitely took it the other way but i know you did that's why i used it hey 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 you, you have to you have the like i said the raiders have to figure out a plan like yeah. what is 2023 gonna look like for them and i think it all depends on what josh mcdaniel's situation is if josh mcdaniel's feels like he has two more years to get it together Mm-hmm. I think you'll see a Jimmy Garoppolo, or Jacoby Brissett, Jared Stidham rookie combination. If he feels like he's under pressure, which I think he should be to win games, then I think he goes hard for Aaron Rodgers. But I will say, if you get Aaron Rodgers, you better win football games. Because like I said, if you, <laughs> the worst thing that can happen is you get Aaron Rodgers, you go 8-9, eight, 9-8, nine, nine, and eight, he retires, Josh McDaniels get, gets fired, and now right. you've, you're hitting rock bottom with right. pick 15 or 14. It's the worst thing that can happen. Worst thing. It's NFL purgatory, and you can't be there. All right. Thank you again, Dennis, for that question. We certainly appreciate it. All right. On to the last question. This comes from Aaron in Walnut Grove, California. That is East Bay, by the way. 
Um, and he's this one's directly for you, Mo. He says, Scott, I don't want anything to do with you. No, I'm kidding. He didn't say that. Uh, but he says, Mo, are there any young quarterbacks in the NFL that are on rookie contracts that might be on the trading block that you would be confident the Raiders could take and maybe develop into a franchise quarterback? That's Aaron and Walnut Grove. Any young guys. We talked to Ju- about Justin Fields in the past. We were seeing some talk that the the Bears might actually take a quarterback. I don't believe it per se. Uh, but outside of Justin Fields, I can't think of anybody. Can you? I can't. You stole my thunder there. Cause I was going to bring up the rumors about maybe the <laughs> bears trade Justin Fields and draft the quarter. I saw that that came from Jason Lockenford of CBS sports. I, I don't think so. I, I think that's just a smoke screen. I think the bears are trying to drive up the price of the number yeah. one overall pick to give teams Absolutely. a thought that maybe they're going to draft Bryce young. It's, it's a calling to say, hey, give us better offers because we might actually use this number one overall pick on a quarterback. But let's say they don't, right? Let's say those rumors are true. I'm going after Justin Fields. Now, I don't know any other rookie quarterback that I would go after at this point. You know what was, I think, mind-boggling? There were Raider fans out there saying, bring in Zach Wilson. And I was like, (laughs) I'm sorry. I understand you might live on the West Coast. I'm on the East Coast. I've watched... Were, were they were they older women looking for younger men? I, maybe because he has the cougar <laughs> magnet thing going, right? Exactly, but exactly. I mean, oh my goodness, tr- you don't want Zach Wilson on your roster. I no. get it; he's a developmental player, but I, I just don't see it with him. But the, the player that if Justin Fields is somehow available, the Raiders would need to jump on that yesterday because I think Justin Fields can be a star. The only thing I worry about is the fit is because Justin Fields ran so much this past season, I don't think Josh McDaniels wants that type of quarterback. I go back to that. I think Josh McDaniels wants a quarterback who's going to sit in the pocket and try to pick defenses apart and use his legs a lot less. And that's why I think C.J. Stroud is a better fit than Bryce Young for the Raiders. Not to say that Bryce Young can't pick teams apart from the pocket, but C.J. Stroud is a little more reluctant to use his legs. Not that he's not athletic as he is, our Bleacher Report scout, Derek Klassen, who does a great job, by the way, compared C.J. Stroud to an athletic version of Jared Goff. Mm-hmm. Now, if you if you like, if you think that's appealing, I think for Josh McDaniels it is, because, again, pocket quarterback, doesn't use his legs a lot, may struggle with at, off-platform throws, but you can also work on a quarterback in that aspect. We saw John Gruden do it with Derek Carr. So just because a quarterback is not good at extending plays and using his legs doesn't mean he'll never be good at it. If, if he works on it, if the coaching staff works on it with him, he can improve in that area. Well, no, and that and that's why I was going back and forth with somebody today about Richardson out of Florida, and, and uh, somebody pushed back on me because I said, I don't like him. I can't believe that he's being reported as a first-rounder. I really can't. Not because the kid isn't talented. He's got talent. But he's not accurate. His balls are not good. And to me, that's the one thing that more than anything would concern me. When guys don't throw the routes correctly, when they throw the ball high, when they're not accurate. You look at C.J. Stroud, to your point, there's things he's got to work on. But at the same time, he's deadly accurate and he throws great balls. So, like, at least you have that going for you, especially in a game where you got to limit turnovers. And if you're a rookie quarterback and you're turning the ball over, which you know they're going to do, um, but if you're doing it at a high rate, then you're in big trouble. So that's why I don't like him. That's why I think you see Will Levis still associated with the Raiders. Oh, I don't think that's going to happen. But I see why, because he's not a guy who's going to run out of the pocket at the time. He can move, right? Uh, but he's not a running quarterback. He's mobile enough, 
but he can sit in the pocket and do what you want. And I think that's why people are looking at Josh McDaniels and saying, well, Will Levis fits that system uh, if you like him, but uh, it'll be interesting. But, yeah, I, I don't think there's anybody out there. I mean, Jordan Love is not going anywhere in Green Bay. I, no. You know, They got to see him and see what they're going to do with him if, if Rodgers doesn't come back. So I, I don't see any other quarterbacks out there that are are on a rookie deal that would be appealing or aren't happy where they're at where but, the Raiders could step in. And this is why I said Mac Jones was appealing. And a lot of yeah. people push back. And that still could happen, Mac. Mo. It still could it, happen. It could still happen. You know, I know they brought in Bill O'Brien, who has a relationship with him when Bill O'Brien was on his way to Alabama and Mac Jones is on his way out. But if, if Mac Jones were to somehow be available, he would be the first guy I would look at. And I know a lot of people go, he's a dirty player. I don't like Mac Jones. He fits exactly what Josh McDaniels would want in a young quarterback. So right. if, that, if that were ever to become an option, I would definitely hop on it. But as far as rookie quarterbacks are concerned on a rookie deal that could possibly compete for a starting job, I have nothing for you. I mean, unless... <laughs> it's a good I question. Mean, unless, it's, a, it's a very good question. And I'm... And and I'm trying to scan rosters now as I as I talk to you, and it's yeah. just really, and people will say Trey Lance, right? Yeah. And I know because Brock way Brock Purdy ended this past season. Again, I don't think Trey Lance fits what Josh McDaniels would want. He's he, he's athletic and uses legs, but he, I don't think he showed enough with his arm. And I think again, I think Josh McDaniels honestly not that he wants a statue back there. But he doesn't. He wants a quarterback that's not going to pull the ball down too quickly and take off and run. And I think Trey Lance is still in that stage of his career. Yeah, and I like I like it because I watched him play in college at Cincinnati. I like Desmond Ritter at Atlanta, but I don't think he fits the system. And his size, I think, is limiting uh, for Josh McDaniels as well. So, so I don't see him as a fit. Like because if Carr were to go, Gilbert, uh, when he was on earlier. Mo talked about Atlanta being a possible spot for Derek Carr, which is the first time I've heard that. But I think you might have mentioned it before. But uh, anyway, so so I don't, I just don't see any guy. It was not a good quarterback class last year. So so if you look at guys that are one year in or two years in, there's just not that many out there that are uh, that are worthy. I think of trading up. That's why I think the Raiders need to trade up in the first round if they like one of these quarterbacks and go get them. Do their best to try to get them. If they don't. Then you sit back and you wait till next year and you ride with what you got. But I'll be interesting. But thank you, man. We appreciate your question as always. And that's going to be our last question. We're going to close out this edition of Silver and Black today. Mo, what do you got coming up? What do people need to devour your content? It's Friday, right? You have a, a show coming up on Friday? Show coming up on Friday. My executive producer already let me know that the show will be headlined by the one and only Derek Carr. So there'll be a lot of Derek Carr talk there. I think I'm going to finally close the book on the Derek Carr era <laughs> in Las Vegas slash Oakland. I don't know. I'll be done with it after Friday. I thought, you, were, I, they... I, I thought you meant he was coming on your show. <laughs> I wish that would be great because then I could just have him speak and then maybe have his uh, tell all book or his spill the tea moment. And he could spill just give me a bunch of a bunch of things that people can cling on to. But yeah, I'm going to close basically close the chapter on this whole Derek Carr thing live on the BR show, and then we're going to get into who his replacement could be, which we get into a lot on this show. But I, mm -hmm. I'll break down the prospects and basically who fits and who doesn't for Josh McDaniels. And, of course, talk about free agency since free agency is first before the draft. I mean, a lot of people like to talk about the draft, but remember, free agency is first. First. And what you do in free agency impacts what you do during the draft. Absolutely. And we're going to get a lot of free agent talk going here on Silver and Black today as we look at needs for the Raiders over the last, next couple of weeks. And we'll bring on some guests 
as well for that to assess the free agent market and what the Raiders might be doing. We, we mentioned Jalen Ramsey, if he gets cut, uh, and some other guys, some other big names out there, actually, that you want to take a look at, and then we'll do that as well. Also, next show, we're going to talk about, I don't know if you watched it yet, Mo, I'm going to give you some homework. The 30 for 30, The Bullies of Baltimore, have you watched it yet? Yeah, I watched it when it first premiered. It was good. Okay. It was a good uh, 30 for 30. We'll talk about the Saragusa Al Davis story. I have some inside information on whether uh, that's true or not. And and God bless Tony Saragusa. I know he passed up uh, and was in this documentary. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they shot it, I think, just right before he passed away. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll get into that on the next show, which will be fun. Uh, but you can join us uh, by subscribing to the podcast. So wherever you get your podcast, make sure you do that. Turn on the auto downloads. If you're listening to us on 98.5 The Bet and 1140 The Bet, we will talk to you next week at the same time. And uh, we certainly appreciate you listening to us over the radio. Mo, my friend, I will see you next time around. Special thanks to the people who've been following the whole Midtown Mo movement. I appreciate you guys and gals out there watching me live, watching me here with Scott. I I really, really appreciate it. Well, and again, there's Midtown Mo uh, uh, surprises coming up soon. And those are are in the works. They They take time. Because you know, silver and black today, we always try to do things first rate here. So we gotta, we gotta do them first rate. So they're on the way, uh, and we'll certainly do that. All right, buddy, take care of yourself. All right, for Mo Moten, for our producer David Stepanian, I am Scott Branson. Thank you guys all for being with us here on Silver and Black today, an Odyssey Original Podcast. Please be good to one another out there, and we will talk to you next time. Take care.